Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Uh, past several weeks for the summer months, and we've been ministering a series called Tuned In. And everything about this subject of being tuned in was really to help us get into a place and stir our hearts for the season in which we're living in this life to get closer with God to have greater fellowship and be better connected with him and if you remember uh, we use the example and some of you might be old enough to remember some of you might say I don't have any idea what you're talking about but back in the day the way that they had radios whether it was in your car or whether it was the big council unit well I don't know I mean back in the day they were like big council units if you remember some of them and so when you would try to tune into a channel on the radio station They either had a push button that would move a pin down the face of the dial, or you had a uh, turn dial that you would turn it. And so if there was a particular station that you wanted to get tuned into, you would crank it until that uh, uh, pin or needle would go across the face of the dial and get close to the channel. And as it began to get closer, you would start to hear the static in the fuzz and the in and out conversations or music until you hit the sweet spot of the channel. And when you hit the sweet spot of the channel, you knew that you were tuned in, right? And therefore, you were able to hear the music. Amen. One of my uh, uh, childhood fond memories of a song, in fact, I remember it was the old 45. I had one of those little record players, you know, I put the old 45 on there. And that, who put the bop in the bop shabop? I mean, (laughs) there you go. I don't know if that dates me. I know that that preceded my age. But again, I remember as a kid sitting around that little 45 listening to that song. And so we're purposing to get dialed in so that our fellowship with God becomes clear, especially in this hour that we're living. But as we have continued to go on in this series, as we initially wanted to really talk about fellowshipping with God in prayer, we started to see that a lot of things in just our world started to unfold a lot of things taking place and so we began to address some of those things for the sake of helping us get tuned in because you realize the bible is being played out right in front of us right and so therefore if you're aware of what's going on and if you're uh, 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 in tune it helps you see and get prepared for things that are upon us and so With that being said, because there's so many questions and and so much conversation around all the stuff that's going on, we wanted to take the time to actually address that so that we could get tuned in. And so there is uh, a questionnaire that we handed out last week, and I have these as well. And so, in fact, I'm going to give those to you. Matt, come get those, please. Thank you. If anybody needs one, just raise your hand and he'll give give it to you. And if you can... Fill out those questions and get them to us by the end of today, whether it be to an usher or at the connect spot. But all these questions, we kind of help get you some direction. But if there's another question that you have, you can put it on the back. But here's the thing. We see that a lot of people have questions concerning the COVID, about Black Lives Matter. People are having questions about 
political parties and political candidates in the election that we're in right now. And so many people say, listen, the church don't have any business or it has nothing to do with the church. And so again, there's all these conversations and there's all these stances and positions that people are taking. And so we want to address those questions from a faith-based biblical perspective, not based on opinion, but God's value system and allow that to be the filter for the things that are going on. Because once again, this is something that has created division within the church. Do you realize that? And let me just say this, just so that you've heard it from me. When it comes to whether you believe in COVID, don't believe in COVID, whether you believe in wearing a mask, not wearing a mask, or whatever it might be, whether you like this party or you don't like that candidate, listen, it is not for the body of Christ to get into odds over and be disagreeable. It's not the job of the church Help me out now. It's not the job of the church to go on Facebook and vomit on everybody that's looking at your feed. What is our job as the church? To walk in love. Come on. And so I realize we have a lot of strong convictions, and that's okay. But our job as the church is to walk in love. If you have the opportunity, wonderful. But if you think your disagreeable attitude is going to change minds, it's not. They believe what they believe. And so for us at GVC, man, I just encourage you, be people of love. Be people of character. Even if somebody that sits next to you disagrees with you, love on them anyways. Because you might be the one that's wrong. <laughs> Amen. So hopefully you hear my heart. So next week what we're going to do is we're going to address those questions because that's all having to do with being tuned in in this season and the hour in which we're living. Because Jesus is coming soon. Amen? Do you believe that? Now, you might say, well, I've heard that forever. I realize I have too. And it might not be for another 5, 10, 30 years. I don't know. But I know it's coming in my lifetime because the Bible says so. Ooh, praise the Lord. So I've been wearing my Adidas just about every day. That way, just in the event that i got to run, you know, just, I'm ready to go. Amen. So, anyways, we're going to continue with this series this morning talking about being tuned in. And today we're going to specifically begin to talk about prayer. And when we have this subject of prayer, again, this, this is one of those conversations that oftentimes either we tune into or we tune out. Either we lean in or we sit back and just take a snooze. But I'm telling you, this is so pertinent to us as believers to understand the heart of prayer and what it's all for. Because you realize that prayer is not a formality of what we do. It's not about the phrases that we might pray before we go to bed or the, the phrases that we formulated to, to speak over our meals or it's not the posture where we get down on our knees or we fold our hands and therefore you got to do it just right. You realize prayer is nothing more than talking to God. I mean, just talking to God. Come on, I, I know some of you and some of you are good talkers. You are. You just, you talk good, and you talk a lot, and then you talk some more, you know? So, when it comes to talking, that's what it is. It's just talking to God, and prayer is not a dialogue. It's a, or excuse me, it's not a monologue. It's a dialogue. God wants to talk to us. He wants for us to be able to have communion and fellowship with Him. And the fact of the matter is, is that God created us, His people, to be people 
that need fellowship. I said we all need fellowship, don't we? And I realize there's different personalities that play a, a part of this. Some are more introverted. Some are more extroverted. Some like to be alone and just kind of be quiet in the background. Others like to be out front and be loud and be seen. Everybody has a different kind of personality. But God created us with the need to have fellowship. I mean, we've got families within the church and, and, and men for that matter. They like fishing. Very seldom have I ever heard one of the guys say, yeah, I just went out by myself today. Didn't want to hang out with Joe, so I just went out by myself. No, most of the time you give, you know, your buddy a call. Hey, you want to go fishing? Why? Because you like the fellowship when you go. There's families in the church, when they go camping, they don't only just go with their own immediate family, man. They go camping with other families because they like the fellowship, right? Maybe somebody, well, I just get to send my kids over to their campsite for, for a little while. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's the reason. But we like to have fellowship. Whether you like to go shopping or whatever it might be, we like to do it with people because we were created to have fellowship. In fact, I just saw on Facebook just a couple nights ago a family in our church, husband and wife, I believe it was, and, and they posted some pictures and they said, we went to the farmer's market. First time ever. Oh, it was so much fun and I got to hang out with my baby. And they would call them their spouse, their baby. So what were they saying? I had fun at the farmer's market, but I had fun because I was with somebody. We were created to have fellowship. We were created to have interaction and communication in this time, in this season that we're living. So here's my question for you today. Just something for you to ponder. When was the last time that you really had fellowship with God. I mean, when was the last time that you really prayed? And you might be saying, well, uh, um, man, good question there, Pastor. Huh. Well, you know, it seems like the other day when I was really having some trouble, I really prayed to God, and God, I mean, I just got really in God's business that day because, man, I needed some help. Well, that's all well and good, and God wants us to come to Him when we have a need, but I'm talking, when have you just had fellowship with God just to talk to God? And maybe the reality is, is maybe we've, we've never really had true fellowship with God. Maybe Christianity and church has always been a formulated, simulated thing that we do. And therefore, I punch my time clock, and I, I know that I believe in God, but I really don't have a genuine fellowshipping relationship with God. And here's the thing. I believe as a result of that, the reason that we don't truly have communion or fellowship with God is because we truly don't understand how much God loves us. I said, I don't believe that we really truly understand the love of God that he has for us. Because if we truly understood how much God loves us, it would compel us to want to hang out with him and fellowship with him. And I'm not being critical on anybody because there's been seasons in my life where my prayer life hasn't been what it should have been. We're all a subject to that. But my point is, is that if we're losing focus of how much God loves us, then again, I get distracted and get busy with my life, right? I mean, what causes you to go home every night after work? It's because you know that you got a wife or a husband and kids that love you when you get there, 
right? I mean, you put your whole day in to go to work, and that's really the reason why you go to work is for the people that love you, and you can't wait really to get home. But if you didn't know that there was somebody that loved you waiting for you, you wouldn't be so inclined to go home, would you? Then I'd go hang out with my buddies. Then I'd go hang out over here and go to the store, and, you know, eventually eventually I'll get home. But when you know somebody's waiting for you and that loves you, and that truly is anticipating your arrival, you love coming home to that environment, don't you? I mean, I love, I mean, my kids still to this day, I get home, some of them anyways. I won't mention the ones that don't. But some still, when I get home, they come and they give me a hug. Dad, good to see you. Or when I'm leaving, oh, see you, Dad, and they give me a hug. Well, man, I'm telling you, when I know that I'm loved, man, it makes coming home worth it. And I want to have fellowship and communion or communicate with those that are waiting for me. And as I said, I believe that the real reason why we don't truly have the fellowship with God like we would want to is because we somehow don't know or understand the love of God for us. I was talking with a young minister just a few days ago, and he was sharing with me. He said that... uh, in the area uh, on a specific night, I believe it is, he says they go to a restaurant in a particular town and they just get something to eat and it's toward evening. And he says as we were sitting there, he was there with his wife and he said he looked down in the park behind this restaurant and he says, man, there was literally hundreds of teenagers down there. And he says as I'm looking at him, he says I began to weep because I saw all these young people and he says, all of a sudden, my heart was compelled. And I, he said, he, he turned to his wife and he says, I wish I was this bolder so I could go down there and tell him about Jesus. And he said he began to weep because his heart ached for those teenagers. And then this is what he said. He said, if hell was truly real to me, maybe I would go down there and preach to those kids or tell them about the love of Jesus. But isn't that the ploy of the enemy? Because he comes and he says, well, if you truly believed in hell, maybe you would do something. Oh, no. It isn't the hell that we're trying to get away from. No, it's the love of God that we're trying to run to. And you see, it's the love of God that compels us to move and to love people. Not the fear of hell, but it's the love of God. And oh, how many of us have ever been in that position where we see somebody in Walmart and it's like, oh God, should I say something? Should I do something? And you walk out and you never did and I do it all the time. So it's not just you, it's a pastor as well. Because what do you do? When I'm busy, I'm on a time scale and I don't really know. They look kind of ugly. They look kind of mean. I don't know that, you know, whatever it might. You make excuses. But if we truly knew the love of God, how much he loves us, we couldn't help but tell somebody. If I really knew how much God loved me, there's nothing that would stop me from telling somebody. In fact, for that matter, you know why I'm so tough on my kids? When I say tough, because the Bible says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. They don't have a choice in serving God. They don't have a choice in coming to church. They will love God whether they like it or not. (laughs) And I say that jokingly. Well, why is that? Because I love them, and I love them so much that I want them to know a loving God. Not to be fearful of a hell that they might go to, but a loving God that has open arms that wants to receive them. 
And see, God wants to know us that way, and he wants us to know the love of God. Listen to what it says here in 1 John chapter 4, verse 15. 1 John chapter 4, verse 15. I'm going to read it from the Amplified Bible. It says, Whoever confesses and acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God abides in him and he in God. We have come to know by personal observation and experience and have believed with deep, consistent faith the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides continually in him. In this union and fellowship with him, love is completed and perfected in us so that we, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment and that we can have assurance and boldness in the face of him because as he is, so are we in this world. Did you notice that last part? It says, in the day of judgment, that we would have all the more confidence and boldness because we know the love of God. Man, do you realize how much fear is gripping the church today? Do you realize how many preachers are preaching a fear message today because of what's going on? And they're preaching a message that Jesus might be coming soon. Well, what's to be afraid if Jesus is coming soon? No, it's not a time of judgment. It's a time where Jesus is coming to get his church. We're the bride. Come on, the bridegroom is coming. It's a time to be excited. It's a celebration. Come on, it's a time for a party because, come on, you know, at a good wedding, you just get your party on. You just dance a jig. Woo, praise the Lord, right? Come on. Jesus is coming in the days of judgment. But it says this, did you know or did you notice it says that we would believe and have faith with confidence and personal experience of the love of God. The love of God. So listen, it takes faith. But you know what faith is? Faith is not just a belief system. Faith, by definition, is a confident expectation. So that means that if I know the love of God, I've got a confident expectation that God is saying, I love you, rather than a belief system that says, God, I don't want to go to hell, so I believe in you. Do you see how one keeps me at a distance, but one causes me to come boldly to God's presence? Come on, that's the heart of God. God desires for us to know Him and have fellowship with Him. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. So God desires for us to come and have fellowship with Him in this time. But we've got to be aware of it. Do you remember I told you that the Word of God is really fellowship with God? It's God speaking to us. Now let me ask you, I'm a guy, so this is more relatable to a guy, I guess. I guess when women collect things, antiques, or I don't know what you would collect. I don't know. But anyways, for you guys, have you guys collected every, anything? I mean, downstairs is kind of like our man cave. And so uh, on, on my one wall is a pair of uh, a set of deer antlers that came from my dad's dad, my grandfather. Now, I've heard guys say, well, why in the world would you hang a pair of antlers that you didn't get yourself? Because it was my grandpa's. And it means something to me. I remember as a kid going downstairs in their basement area and seeing those and always looking at them. And now they're hanging in my, because it's a memorabilia of my grandfather. 
There's another, uh, above my, my, my door there, there's a, a, a fly fishing rod. I've never fly fished before, but I got it from my other grandfather. And so it hangs there, and it reminds me, it's a memorabilia of those men in my life. Well, has anybody ever collected, like, baseballs or certain items? You know, you can go to auctions, and you get all these things, and they got athlete signatures on them or whatever and you know there's a story behind it and you show them off and you tell them and you say listen so-and-so hit this ball as a home run and he signed it for me right it's memorabilia and it's something that causes you to be excited because there's a memory attached to it all the while there's this book that sits on our table what's that oh it's in my bible no this book is precious. I mean, if there was ever something to esteem in my collection, man, it's this. Because it's God talking to me. It's him fellowshipping with me. Every time I open it up, man, God speaks to me. I mean, I, I, I tell you, I am very particular about my Bible. I'm particular in the kind of pen that I use. I'm particular in how I carry it. I don't carry it outside in the weather, or I don't carry it outside of its case when I'm, when I'm outside because I don't want it to get wet or damaged or whatever it might be. Why? Because this, man, I'm telling you, this is so precious to me because it's God speaking to me. It's my, it's my most valuable possession that I have. And I know that we all have things that we enjoy that we like to show off, but man, I'm telling you what, this is the most precious thing that I own. Why? Because it's God wanting to fellowship with me. Are you doing okay? This book is God's love letter to me. And when I begin to know how much God loves me, doesn't it help me get tuned in? Come on, husbands and wives. When your spouse starts to get lovey on you, doesn't it start to tune you in? Woo-hoo. Hey, hi, baby. How you doing? Right? Come on. Not trying to be, again, we're all, most of us are all adults, got kids, you know, I get it. That's why I'm being vague. But you know what I mean. What's it do? It tunes you in. So, if we knew the love of God, wouldn't it get us tuned in? So that when he begins to talk to us, oh, I heard Jesus talking to me. You mean Jesus talks to you? Oh, yeah, he does. And I know him, and I know his voice. And he helps me and talks with me. He walks with me. Why? Because he's real. He's not just a fictitious person that we say we believe in. No, he's real, and he wants to have fellowship with us. Can somebody say amen? The Bible, the Word of God, begins to share with me the character and the heart of God. Once again, I was sharing with you just how God begins to move on our hearts. I'm going to pick on Matt for just a minute because Matt, he comes from a church background he's been in ministry and he's been from a ministry family and I'm very familiar with his background but we were just having a conversation the other day and he just began to weep and he said you know I've been raised a certain way and he said I it hasn't been until I came to this church that I saw God differently he said, I still have people from my family that say, oh, you go to that church? 
And he said, but you know what? I see the fruit in my life. He says, my marriage has never been better. My, ha- my kids have never been happier. He said, I, we've never had such joy. We've never had such uh, 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 stability in our home. And it's all because I've come to this church and I've begun to find out that God's not mad at me and that God does not want me to jump through hoops, that God actually wants me to have a good relationship with him to where he loves me. And there's more in the conversation that we had. But I'm saying that when it comes to just having a form of religion, listen, a form of religion will cause you to fear God and stand back to say, well, God, am I worthy enough? But no, God says, I love you. And to prove that I sent Jesus, so therefore you can come boldly and have access and fellowship with me because I love you. I love you. I love you. Come on, somebody, say, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves us. And once again, I realize it's a matter of growing in this love because it takes faith. If you recall, I shared with us a few weeks back that oftentimes our relationship with God is like this journey as if we were going to leave the destination of Michigan and go to Disney World in California, that obviously there is a starting point and a destination point, and then there's all the hits in between. Isn't it interesting that we as people can be very aware of our current situations, our personal location, and the destination of where we want to be is so much real or so real to us that it compels us to drive thousands of miles to get there because we're confident that we're going to enjoy the destination. But when it comes to this relationship with God, oftentimes Christians don't experience or enjoy the experience of walking with God. Because all they're able to do is focus on the here and the now. And the merry-go-round that I go around and around and around and around and around and around and all the stuff that I deal with. And yes, pastor, I hear about the destination you talk about of just how God loves us. But man, I get caught up in my here and my now because my here and my now is more of a reality to me. But listen, when we begin to allow our faith to grow in how much God loves me, it will pull me out of the here and now and cause me to move towards God to where he desires for me to be. How many of you know that God has a plan and a purpose for your life? In the fellowship that I'm talking about, in communion and talking with him, has he ever talked to you about your purpose, your plan, what God's design for your life is? You might say, well, I don't know that he has. Well, I guarantee that he's tried to. And oh, there's going to be a day that we stand before him. And it's not going to be a judging day where God says, why didn't you do that? He's going to present it to us and say, man, I have this for you. And our heart's going to be overwhelmed with grief because we're going to say, God, I'm so sorry. I never fulfilled your purpose for my life on this earth. And the only reason we don't is because we don't know the love of God. Like he desires. And therefore we stay out of tune far too long. Come on, are you ready to get tuned in? Are you ready to allow God to begin to take you on this journey? Especially in this hour to experience his love. Let me share a few more things. In John chapter 14. Let me just skip ahead for the sake of time. Let me go to John chapter 16. John chapter 16, verse 12. In John 14, I'll just give you what it says here. It says, 
Jesus, speaking to his disciples, says, I'm sending the Holy Spirit. That will bridge the gap between me and you. And he says, and you know him. You know him. And then at the end of that verse, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. How many of you know that as an orphan, you're always desiring to have a family? But Jesus came so that you could be a part of the family. And too much of the church is living like they are orphans, saying, I wish it could be so much better. And I'm wishing I could experience the love. And I wish I could experience the communion and the fellowship with God. Oh, I so desire that. But God says, you are part of my family. Stop living like an orphan and come on over into the family. Amen? You know, the Bible says this in John chapter 10, verse 10. It says, for the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Everybody say abundantly. He came that this life would be abundance or be a life of abundance. And the, the translation is in quality and quantity. The moment you become a child of God, something on the inside of you starts to cry out, there must be more. But because we end up living like orphans, what we end up doing is living a life like we used to. And we try to make ourselves feel better. I'll rather party on Friday than praise on Sunday. Why? Because I know that there's more. And bless God, I'm going to get there. And I'm going to help myself get there. All the while, God says, listen, there is more. Because the moment you come to know me, it's a life of abundance in quality and quantity. And that's why, we're so, why so many are searching on the weekends. Because they just haven't discovered that what's in them is beckoning them to experience the life of more. Because God Put it in you. That's what we have to experience. Can somebody say amen? The Bible says that he's going to send this helper, the Holy Spirit, the counselor, the teacher, the guide, and he will show us things to come. You see, everything about what the Holy Spirit does is to help us see what is coming, not what is. Oftentimes, our fellowship with God revolves around this right now. God, I'm hurting. God, I, I don't like where I'm at. God, did you forsake me? God, I don't like what's going on. God, can you help? God, can you help? And God says, yes. But there's so much more than right here. In fact, I've already taken care of right here. But if you'll allow me to show you down here, I'll guide you into truth. I'll teach you and show you things to come. Because it's going to get better if you can get out of here. If you can get out of the right now. Amen. Now, I'll come back and I'll share some more of this with you. I'll tie it in because there's so much more that I want to share. But let me just share this final thought. I want to encourage you to purpose to fellowship with God this week. But here's the thing. I said to you that there is the here and the now, and there is that which is to come. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews... Come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain. So God says, when you come fellowshipping with me, come boldly. What's God saying? He's saying, come. Come, let's meet face to face so that I can help you. But the Bible also tells us in Ephesians, it says that there is a seat at the right hand of the Father. 
that we have been placed in. You see, oftentimes what we end up doing is we come before the face of God. We might even come boldly and say, God, help, please. I need you. But we stop there. When God says, not only do I want you to come boldly to my face, I want you to take your seat. I want you to sit down. Because you see, from that place at the right hand of the Father, I don't ask God anymore. I begin to declare, God, I thank you that you're moving on my behalf. You begin to declare fear, you won't have any place here. Sickness, you can't abide here. Why? Because I'm sitting in my place. It's a place far above all principalities and powers. It's a place of authority. It's a place of dominion. It's a place where I take my place in Christ and therefore my fellowship becomes so close that when I talk, God backs me up. Amen? Because of my fellowship with Him. Not only does my current situation change, I can begin to work with Him for what's down the road. And that's what we'll talk about the next time we come together. We'll talk about how we can change get tuned in by the love of God but see our future be what we desire it to be and know what God desires it to be amen amen let's stand with every head bowed and every eye closed this may have been a strong message for some this morning but I just want you to know and I want you to hear above all things, above anything, and that is, is that Jesus loves you. He's not mad at you. And you don't have to qualify to come to know him other than receiving him. He so wants to know you. It's not by chance that you're here this morning. It's not by chance that maybe you're being stretched this morning. Maybe, maybe you feel like, gosh, my spiritual toes are being stepped on. God's not in the business of, of inflicting pain, but he will stretch you. If you're here this morning and you say, I just want more of God. I just want to know him and have greater fellowship with him. All you have to do is ask. If you're here and you say, I just need Jesus. Maybe you've never received Christ into your life. Maybe you feel like you just are a million miles away. And I want to give you that opportunity to receive Jesus. Or just recommit a life if you so desire. Around here, we just ask that everybody's eyes are closed and heads bowed. We're not looking around to see who does what. I'm not going to invite anybody up front, call you out, embarrass you for any reason. This is just between you and God. But I am going to ask you to raise your hand so that when I give you a count of three, you can say, yep, pastor, that's me. Pray. And I'll just make acknowledgement, I see that hand, and then we'll pray. I won't embarrass you. If you're here this morning and you say, I just want to know Jesus more. I just want to know him more. I, I'm a Christian, but I just want more of God. When I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. If you're here today and you say, I don't know if I'm going to go to heaven. 
You might say, I think so, but thinking don't get you there. You might say, I hope so, but hoping don't get you there. The only way you go to heaven is by saying, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I believe. And you can know today with all certainty. And if that's you, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. Nobody looking around. If that's you, today's your decision day. Raise your hand. One, two, three. I see that hand back there, sir. Thank you. You can put it down. Thank you. I see that hand, man. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? You say, I just want to commit my life to God more. I just want to know Him for the first time. If that's you, raise your hand. This is your moment. I see that hand, young lady. Thank you. I see that hand, little man. Thank you. All right, I'm going to lead us all in the prayer. As the church family, those that have raised their hand, we're going to support them and undergird them. And if you wanted to raise your hand but just felt the pressure, you pray this prayer because it's not about me. It's not about me knowing you. It's about God seeing your heart and hearing your prayer. So right now, let's pray together as a church family. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus that you sent him because you loved me. He died on the cross for me, for my sins. I ask you now, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and be my Lord in Jesus' name. Now I ask you to cause me to hunger with a holy hunger and passion for you and that I will come to know the love of God in a real way in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and amen. Amen. Come on, can we give God some praise? Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for those that have given their heart to Jesus or recommitted. Amen. Come on now, listen. The next time somebody gives their heart to the Lord, I want to hear you get a little more excited. I mean, it's worth it, isn't it? Heaven's having a party right now. We ought to party with them. Amen. Amen. Listen. If you want to have uh, or, or join us on the fish fry, sign-up sheet is in the atrium. Please sign up. It's needed today. Also, church prayer is Wednesdays at 6.30. This last week's prayer was off the hook. It was amazing. So, until next time, we'll see you, all right? Ushers are waiting for you. They got the clubs waiting. You can give as you leave. God bless you. We'll see you next time. to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life